0: Take me down. Something, something, something. Something, something, something. Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink. Roll back your foreskin. And let Dweez Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins. Hey, shit shows. No, you're not the show. I'm the show. Hey, shit lickers. That's better. Welcome back to Your Football Fantasy. You all know me. I am Dweez Nuts. I am your host. And today, I'm the only fucking one you get. So, deal With that shit. Uh, The nice thing about me being the only guy here in studio today is uh, we can expect a much shorter show. I don't have to deal with Wiz or the Bullfrogs bullshit. Uh, so, So that should go a little more quickly. My dog's here. You'll probably hear her as we go. I got a flu shot today. Just put that out there. In case you haven't done it yet before we get going. Go get your fucking flu shots. Vaccinations are a wonderful thing, and you should take advantage. Please take advantage for everybody's fucking sake. This week in football. Oh my goodness, were there some things this week in football that we need to talk about. I will start pretty simply here. Josh Gordon goes to the IR with a couple of bone bruises, I believe in his leg, in his knee, something like that, Um, similar to issues he's dealt with in the past. Every expectation is that he will be released or waived from the Patriots at this point in the year here on the IR. Yeah, you should expect uh, if he's waived that he will be selected off of waivers relatively Quickly, anyway, uh by a team who's doesn't need him this year. Maybe might want to take a shot next year because he still performed when he played on occasion this year. He can still he can still play, uh, but it is very safe to drop this kid even in a keeper league. If you're a super deep dynasty, maybe hold on to him. But Josh Gordon's done, man. He's been, I've said that on the show more times than I can count, though. So maybe don't listen to me. But Josh Gordon. It's fucking done. Outside of him going to the IR, we saw another big-time player head to the IR. That's on Johnson, which is really disappointing. Um, I liked on to do a lot this year. I think I said he'd score a whole shitload of touch. Well, at first I bet against him scoring 10. Then I changed my mind, and I put him pretty high in my rankings, higher than the other boys on the couch here. He has been disappointing this year. I should say... Matthew Patricia has been disappointing again this year, Uh, but he's, he's done, you know, he may return late in the season, but it's, you know, the IR rules say it's at least eight weeks from today, eight weeks from today, pretty much completes our, fantasy season, maybe might be able to get him back for championship week. But the real tough part, if you're a carry on Johnson owner, if you drafted him high and you've been holding on to him, holding out hope that this team gets their shit together and gives him the ball, you know, it's it's hard for me to sit here. I, I am that person. I did that as well, but it is hard for me to sit here and tell you that, you know, you should keep him hoping he comes back. In fact, I will be dropping him. I don't care if somebody else wants to pick him up. It's time to move on. Again, Keeper League might be a different story, but what the fuck makes you think anything will change next year? Coaching staff is going to be the same as the team keeps winning, or at least not losing. They have a decent record. 2-3-1 and one at this point. Is that right? I don't know. Nobody's here to say I'm wrong. Probably more like 2-4-1, 3-3-1. Three, three, don't care. Not even bothering going to look it up because they're the fucking Detroit Lions. We hate him. Um, I'm moving on from Kerry On Johnson, though. He's not somebody that I, even when he comes back, even next year, am going to expect a lot of just because of his situation. Now, obviously, that means there's some holes to be filled on this offense. We're looking at a new starting running back, even if it is on a team that doesn't know how to feed a feature back somebody's going to be getting the ball. Ty Johnson was probably the number one player on your league's waiver wire this week. He was probably paid uh paid up for by somebody in your league on fab. You know, I think it's a, a if you can get him, if you did get him, great. You know, if you had to spend 20 bucks on a $100 budget, you know, probably going to be worth it as again, he's a starting running back. Should get some touchdown opportunities. If he gave up a waiver priority to pick him up, absolutely, any time you can get the opportunity you, of a starting, I'm going to say that over and over, a starting running back, you want him. But look, if you didn't get him, I wouldn't freak out. He's not going to blow up. I mean, if on Johnson didn't get the numbers that we were hoping, Ty Johnson is not going to all of a sudden come out of the blue and get 20 touches a game, 22 touches a game. It's just not going to happen. He's not as talented as carry on is. So don't expect it. I wouldn't necessarily sleep on JD McKissick at this point either. You know, he has been uh, the pass catching back on this team thus far. When carry on went out, I think the touch, uh, the running carries were 10 to five in Ty Johnson's favor, but McKissick had five. You know, if he ends up getting himself six, seven carries and five, six, seven targets a game he's going to be flex worthy in plus matchups folks in fact if you if you ask me i watched some of this game after carry went out it was mckissick was he was more impressive with the ball uh it was limited work ty johnson really hadn't prepared with the team so make of that what you will but you can't get johnson anymore mckissick may be available for you somewhere um, if you're struggling to fill a flex spot it's a shot in the dark, plus matchup this week. We'll talk about it a little bit later on, but uh, yeah, think about it. A couple of big trades that need to be discussed, need to fucking be discussed for, for various reasons, but Emmanuel Sanders, old dude traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the coaches came out to this today and said, expect Sanders to play a lot starting this week. Those of you that liked Manny coming out of his injury last season, really expected him to do good things this year, Like some of his early games, even in the season where he did some work. Maybe you're excited. If you drafted this kid, maybe you're excited that he's going to be a, the feature wide receiver on a team without a Cortland Sutton to worry about. Obviously, Dante Pettis isn't really doing it for anybody in San Francisco. Another goose egg for his ass. But, guys. Slow your fucking roll here. Relax on the Manny Sanders love. Jimmy Garoppolo is 26th in passing attempts on the year so far. He's 20th in air yards per attempt on the year so far. Bullfrog would sit here and tell you all day, this is not a passing situation that you want to be a part of. I kept holding out hope for Dante Pettis, probably because I'm a fucking moron. But it—it's just this is not a team that passes the ball. It's as plain as that. This is a team that likes to throw the fucking or to run the fucking ball. They've got all the weapons in the world to do a great running scheme. Kyle Shanahan knows how to make that work. They're undefeated, guys, and they're doing it without throwing the ball a lot. Bringing in Emmanuel Sanders is not going to fucking change that. He's a great possession receiver. Uh, this team wants somebody like Manny Sanders because. He can get first downs if they get behind the sticks. That's why they make this trade. Not because they want to throw it to him 14 times a game, but because when they get in third and eight situations, it becomes a lot harder to run the ball, and your screen passes only take you so far if teams know it's coming. So here's a guy in Manny Sanders that can run you can, they can run those quick. Um, slant patterns. He can run those quick comeback sideline routes. That's why they want him. He's going to be their possession stay on the field kind of receiver. You saw them struggle offensively last week. And uh that's that's what he's there for. He's not there to be a fantasy stud. Let's look at the other big wide receiver trade here, Muhammad Sanu. Now, Muhammad Sanu is a ki- the kind of guy that Wiz hates. It's and and the reason is because he's not a stud. You know, he's not a fantasy fucking stud. But he's one, of these, he's one of these sort of unknown or lesser known, no name sort of consistent players that fall somewhere in the middle of the pack that you're week in and week out considering for your flex spot. Do we like Sunu here? Do we like the matchup here? Wiz fucking hates talking about guys like that. He wants to talk about the big dogs. But Sunu has been good this season. We have him on our dynasty team. I've got him in one other spot and he has been very serviceable most of the year. Now, this Falcons team has been trash. Julio Jones has been up and down. Calvin Ridley's had some great games and some really bad ones. But it seems like even on that team, Mohamed Sanu was the guy with the most consistent floor. You know, he's a, he's a slower dude. He's I think he's 6'2", 215 pounds. So he's a little bit bigger, a little bit slower. Also 30 plus years old. So he's a possession receiver. You know, he had... He, Catches to be sure-handed. Catches the ball a lot. uh, Runs a nice, clean route. And can get open for quarterbacks. That's part of the reason why Matt Ryan threw it to him. A reasonable. He was getting six, seven targets a game. Look, now he goes to New England. And if you watch Tom Brady play it all this year, it is very evident very quickly that he's losing something in his arm. He's still a great mental player, obviously. But chucking the ball downfield is sort of out of the cards for Brady. So really, you lose a Josh Gordon on this Patriots team, a guy that goes deep all the fucking time, and you bring in a a veteran, short route runner, sure-handed possession receiver like Muhammad Sanu, it's a much better fit for what Brady can do and for what this team wants to do throwing the ball. I think Sanu is a much better add than Emmanuel Sanders between these two this week in these trades, not just this week, not maybe even this week at all, but moving forward, Sanu fits really nicely. I think he'll have a great chance to be a solid complementary player to Julian Edelman. Um, Both of these guys will run similar routes. Edelman gets double covered a lot with a lot of linebackers. Maybe Sanu can relieve some of that. Two very similar type of players he's a bigger body he's he's not he's not a compact player like Edelman but he runs a lot of the same routes catches a lot of the same types of balls I think these two can be good together and really good for Brady so watch that action Muhammad Sanu worth having if he was someone that rode your bench played flex intermittently I think you can feel good about this trade moving forward again a lot better than the Manny Sanders one Big Wiz on his stat of the week. Wiz isn't here, but I got a stat for you. It is not at all relevant to fantasy football, but I don't fucking care. You're not here just for the fantasy football advice. You love us. That's why you're fucking here. So you're going to listen to whatever I have to say. Here's the stat, right? I'm, I'm, I'm looking through things, looking at points scored so far on this season. We got some pretty bad teams. I think the Jets and the Dolphins have both scored 60 fucking points so far. Nowhere near the worst of all time, by the way. I think the worst of all time was in the 30s for a season, but that was in 1940-whatever. But the really interesting stat I found here is, is this, y'all. There are lots of games over the course of NFL history that went 0-0. Okay, so those will be the lowest scoring games. But the lowest scoring non-tied games in NFL history... Uh, there's two of them tied there, both of them. The score of the game was two to zero. Okay, so there was points scored, but it's the least amount of points possible scored in a game wherein somebody wins. It happened twice. First in 1932, the Green Bay Packers beat the Chicago Bears two to nothing. All right, great rivalry goes back forever. What a defensive battle that one must have been, right? Well in 1938 we had another 2 to 0 game and in this one it was the Chicago Bears beating the Green Bay fucking Packers. And that's it. It's only ever happened twice. And as a Bears fan, I'm proud to I wish we were on the winning end of both, but I'm proud to say that's one more check in the box for the Bears as a historic team in the NFL. No other team outside of these two have ever been part of a 2 to 0 NFL game. Those are those are fun. So that's my stat. Again, not at all useful for you, but so fucking interesting that I just had to put it in. That oh, he's this is, you know, at end of the this is he's the next big thing. I'm skipping over the shots today. Nobody's fucking here to hold me accountable. I don't want to take these shots. My wife wants me to clean some shit in the house after I'm done with this episode, so I need to be a little bit sober. Maybe I'll get laid after. Uh, so I'm not gonna take shots. I got my beer. I'm drinking. We're fine. I don't fucking care how we did last week. You don't fucking care how we did last week. I didn't even do the goddamn three in the pink, two in the stink roundup yet from last week. And uh you know what? Fuck it. I run this goddamn show. And like I said, nobody's here to hold me to it. So let's get, let's get right into the episode this week. Let's get right in to the studs. If you do If you are curious, you want to see where that three in the pink, two in the stink is, you know where to find it, right? Yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com. My guess is that I'm still kicking everybody's fucking ass, and I'm going to win that signed jersey at the end of the season. We'll see. So, studs of the week. I'm the only one here. I'm going to pick a quarterback for you, running back for you, and wide receiver that I think is going to outperform everybody else at the position At the quarterback position, we're going to start off with the guy who has to be the MVP frontrunner on the season thus far. Or at least he had to be up until last week. And that's Russell Wilson having a fucking great season. You watch the games, these Seattle games, and literally everything he tries to do works. It's insane. I didn't see much of the Baltimore game last week. Didn't go his way, but everybody's going to have down games. Russell Wilson is playing at the apex of the position in the NFL right now. He's great. Gets to play against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, as good as Russell Wilson's been, the Falcons have been that fucking bad. Second most points given up to quarterbacks by that Falcon team. The last time he played in a dome this season, so this game is going to be in Atlanta. It's not a home game, but the last time Wilson played in a dome this season, for 406 yards, two touchdowns through the air. Pretty fucking good, especially for a quarterback that quote-unquote doesn't throw it a ton anymore. Well, they're throwing it more now. They're throwing it more this season, guys. And Russell Wilson versus Atlanta team, that's somebody you've got to fucking line up uh, and just enjoy the points as they roll in. At the running back spot, my stud's going to be James Conner this week. A few backs that had really good matchups, uh, like Saquon Barkley's got a great matchup against Detroit, but uh, not sure how how he is health-wise, how willing that team is to give him the load that he really needs. But James Conner, on the other hand, totally healthy. Also a great matchup, gets to play against the Miami Dolphins, second worst against running backs on the season so far. But the real kicker for me is that Mason Rudolph is back. Before Rudolph went out with his big concussion, you heard You heard me talk about Rudolph and the fact that he doesn't like to look downfield. I think it was week five, he threw the ball, whatever, 20 times to the running backs without even bothering to look at the wide receivers. It's a great day for Connor and Samuel, both. Now, Jalen Samuel, speaking of him, he's back this week on the field. But still, guys, even in that week five week where Samuel had a big week, Connor still led the snap 65 to 45 percent. On the season, Connor is averaging 70% of the snaps, so it's not like we're looking at a timeshare. After that week five, a lot of people went and picked up Samuel thinking, hey, I got something here. They're going to be splitting time. They didn't really split time that closely in that game. They didn't split touches that closely in that game, Uh, and that was a game where those are the only two guys that were touching the ball, right? So give me Rudolph back. Give me James Connor, totally healthy. Samuel, really the only risk. To Connor's opportunity on the field is still coming back off of his injury. And give me that Miami Dolphins fucking defense. Game script says do it. Quarterback tendency says fucking do it. Health status says do it. James Connor had better fucking have a week. At the wide receiver position, speaking of it's time to get your shit together, how about DeAndre Hopkins? He's been struggling this season. I think he leads all receivers. In snap share on his team. He's always on the field, but his targets are way down from last year. His yards are, ah, he's not even in the top 15, I think, um, in yards this year. Not scoring the fucking touchdowns this year. And part of that comes down to Deshaun Watson. Watson's been real fucking hot and cold. You know, I think two out of the last three or four weeks, he hasn't scored a passing touchdown, for Christ's sakes. Now, he's still throwing the ball to Nook here in the red zone, in the money zone, in the end zone. They're just not connecting. You know, we know teams are doubling him, but he's still getting open in these short uh, first and goal from the 10 situations. It's just not working. This week, week the... uh, Texans get to play against those Oakland Raiders, and they're really fucking bad. So to me, this has got to be a get-right game. Watson wants to come out and prove that he can do it. After his last zero-passing touchdown game, he went fucking off through three or four of these goddamn things. So maybe a big week for this whole offense against a really bad defense. But at some point, the coaching staff and the quarterback needs to make sure that Hopkins is getting his as one of the most talented guys at the position in the game there are my studs for you let's flip the script what's the matter big boy can't get it up let's kick it off with another big name wide receiver this one's gonna struggle I think it is as obvious as it could possibly be this week and I'm picking Tyreek Hill now Patrick Mahomes has just been ruled out for the week. I know he was practicing, and it was looking like there was a chance that he might be able to play. Coaching staff wasn't ready to say he was out early on in the week. But as of right now, as of the end of Friday, Mahomes is out. He is not going to be playing. Matt Moore is going to be your quarterback, and Matt Moore is just not Patrick Mahomes. If you saw Moore come into that game last week, He tried to connect deep to Tyreek Hill a couple of times, but the thing about a guy like Tyreek Hill is this. He's faster than everybody else, and if you're faster than everybody else, then quarterbacks have a hard time gauging how far to throw the ball. It sounds simple, but if you're used to throwing the ball to a bunch of dudes that run 19 miles per hour, then it's going to be hard for you to figure out exactly how far out to lead a guy that runs 23 miles per hour. Okay, you saw it last week when Moore was in the game. They've had a week to try this out and get it going. But remember, Mahomes was practicing some. So how much was Mahomes out there with him throwing the ball? And how much did Matt Moore actually get to do it? I am not convinced that they're going to be able to connect very often deep, even if Hill breaks and gets open. Now, maybe it's always possible somebody like Tyreek Hill that he breaks one. But they've got the Green Bay Packers this week. And Green Bay has really been quite good on defense against wide receivers all year. Now, sure, in Dallas, both Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup had huge games. But outside of that, we haven't seen a bunch. Allen Robinson in week one had, uh, I think, broke 100 yards. But there hasn't been much against this team. They haven't given up a whole lot deep downfield outside of that Dallas game anyway. Um, I, I just don't expect big things for Tyreek Hill with Matt Moore behind center this week, playing against a relatively stingy uh, Green Bay Packer defense. Let's go to the running back position for my next two can't-get-it-up guys. I think Nick Chubb really struggles this week. You know, this. a lot of people had this game circled at the outset of the season. This is the New England Patriots, the old fucking guard playing the Cleveland Browns, who before the season started, everybody thought was just going to be the next big thing, Right? Uh, all but crowned Cleveland Browns, well, they came out and showed that Baker Mayfield is not who you fucking thought he was. Um, This whole offense is not who, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., not who you thought he was going to be with Baker. Jarvis Landry is eh at best. The offensive line, if you knew what you were talking about, they are who, they are exactly who we thought they were, but people expected more out of them the only piece of this offense that is exactly as advertised has been Nick Chubb thus far he's been nothing short of great on the field uh, Kareem Hunt has just been cr- cleared for practice still can't play till week 10 that's going to be really interesting to watch moving forward come week 10 what exactly happens can you really keep Kareem Hunt off the field Can you really pull Nick Chubb off the field to give Hunt looks? That's going to be a tough decision for this coaching staff. But this week, we don't have to worry about Hunt. Instead, we have to worry about the New England Patriots defense. The shining fucking star of the NFL football year and the 2019 fantasy football season. This defense is playing lights fucking out. And as good as their pass defense has been, as as many interceptions and touchdowns that they've turned over, to me, the strength of this defense is the run defense. The front seven is the strength of this goddamn defense. They are best against backs so far on the year. We know what Bill Belichick is and what he does He's better than anybody has ever been at taking away your best weapon. And as I said a minute ago, the only piece of this def- or this Cleveland Browns offense that is working is Nick Chubb. Don't expect him to get it going very... If he does, it's going to be a fucking feat of strength against a Belichick defense, a Belichick game plan, and a front seven of the Patriots that is playing as good as anybody in the league. My last can't-get-it-up guy, another running back. This is Derrick Henry. You know how I feel about Derrick Henry. He's a piece of shit. He's a very large piece of shit. He's the kind of piece of shit that, like, you bleed when you take it. It tears you open just a little bit. You have to press so goddamn hard that you are convinced an embolism is going to pop in your goddamn brain. But he's still a piece of shit, nonetheless. Gets flushed down the toilet with the rest of them. Having a great year. Lots and lots and lots of carries on the season thus far. Efficiency? Eh. But opportunity has been there. Look, the Tennessee Titans play the Tampa Bay Bucks this year. We're going to talk about this several more times over the course of the show. This game is an interesting fantasy game, but it is not for Derrick Henry because Tampa Bay has been good against the run. Only three backs on the season have scored double-digit fantasy points. Their names, Todd Gurley in his best game of the year, Elvin Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if you've been paying attention. But those guys are pretty good. They're a whole lot fucking better than Derrick Henry is at football. More interestingly, nobody has rushed for more than 65 yards against this team. Not even the three I just mentioned to you. Gurley went for 62. Outside of Gurley, nobody's had more than 40 rushing yards against this team. Nobody. Now, if anything, they're beatable through the air, at least more beatable through the air than they are on the ground. That's how that's how Kamara, that's how McCaffrey, even Gurley uh scored their points against his team. As much as Derrick Henry is getting the ball in the rushing game, he's only had more than one catch in one game this year, and he had two in that game. So that's not he's not gonna be the guy to beat the Bucks through the air. I think this team struggles to get it going in the run game, which is All the more boon to the passing game. Ryan fucking Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Corey goddamn Davis. Just not Derrick Henry. Hide your kids. The boys are flex trafficking again. Okay, my flex guys this week. Um, This is going to be fun. LaShawn McCoy is up first. You watched the beginning of that Kansas City game before Mahomes went out last week. It was pretty evident that Andy Reid likes what LaShawn McCoy is doing. He got the first nod, and he was playing really well. He outperformed Damian Williams pretty handily, um, and I believe he's going to get the starting nod again this week against that Green Bay Packers defense now, the Packers are relatively beatable on the ground, a lot more beatable on the ground than they are through the air so far this year, um, where I said Tyreek Hill might struggle against this defense. I don't think it's all going to be all that difficult to run the ball. Now, will Green Bay stack the box? Is they're not really afraid of Matt Moore? Yeah, probably. But I think Shady has a chance he's getting the touches we know Matt Moore is going to need a running game to help him out he's going to need running back relief in the passing game as well to help him out i think shady gets the bulk of the touches or the snaps in this game and therefore gets a reasonable amount of touches good opportunity for a score for shady this week if they can get that offense going at all um i would roll him out there if you're if you're feeling relatively needy at the flex position Another running back I like here and it's weird to say this name in this segment but it's Melvin Gordon. If you have Melvin Gordon on your team, he is not an automatic start. He is probably not one of your best two running backs. The way things are going right now, he's been bad since he's been back. Now is he still is he still in his quote unquote preseason? Yes. Will he be fine? I firmly Believe he'll be fine because I believe in his talent. Bullfrog might not, but I believe in this guy's talent. We've seen Eckler be productive, and Eckler's going to continue to to go. But this running game on the team is serviceable, and I think Gordon's just got to get his feet underneath him. I think this week is a pretty good opportunity for him to start to do that. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, "Well, shit, nuts." The uh, Chargers are playing Chicago this week. You boys, the Bears. Why would I play a running back against the Bears? Well, look, in in recent weeks, big backs and big running back play has been doing just that. Josh Jacobs went for over 100 against these Bears. He's 220. Latavius Murray went for over 100 against these Bears. He weighs in at 230. Melvin Gordon is only 215, but he runs like a huge motherfucking back. Eckler is not the big guy. Gordon is the big up the middle back. He qualifies as big back and big back play. I think the coaching staff here, Anthony Lynn, knows that. will get Gordon out there and will do what they can to get this run game going against the Bears because, you know, as good as this Bears defense is, doesn't fucking matter how good you are. The power run game. Wears down defenses if defenses can't get off the field, and the, it, it, from from my perspective, watching these games, I don't think the defense has been off the field all season, and they're certainly not going to be. That offense is shit. Shit, Trubisky's shit. Nagy's play calling is fucking shit. Seven times they ran the ball last week. Did the Bears? That is the least amount of rushes in a single game in Chicago Bears. History has a hundred years of fucking football. The least amount of rushes. That's no good. That offense is no good. They can't stay on the field. That means the defense, as good as they are, will get tired, and a power run game is the way to wear that down. Elvin Gordon is that power run game. Run him out there with confidence. Um, I can call it flex this week, but I think he'll be just fine just fine as, as a running back one. Lastly, let's go wide receiver here. I'm going to give you two names because I don't care which one you pick. I mentioned it a minute ago. I think the Tennessee Titans pass game is going to repeat last week. Last week was a great week for Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, and Corey Davis. I think you could pick either one of those receivers and put them in your flex confidently this week. Tampa Bay, Tampa fucking suck-ass Bay Buccaneers. 10 double-digit wide receiver performances in just six games against them this season. Both guys have a fair shot. They do different things on the field, but Tannehill showed you last week that he's looking at both of them. Both of them performed well. If, like me, you picked up both of them before last week to see which one hit, you didn't get a lot of information. Picking between these two might be tough. I'm picking A.J. Brown between the two just because I don't think Corey Davis is ever going to be consistent enough to do it. I think A.J. Brown is going to end up being a better receiver overall. But you can play either one. And you can do that confidently. Now that's a stream. I'll tell you what. You know, we drink through these shows. We got beers. We got alcohol, liquor drinks, whatever. We're taking shots. Every goddamn time I play that drop, it makes me have to piss. I try to stay here for you guys, but uh, I got to pee. I got to pee right now. I'm a power through. Let's talk streamers. Again, I've got all three positions. I'm going to give them to you now. Shocker, at the quarterback position, I'm streaming Ryan motherfucking Tannehill. Again, he was great. Tampa Bay has given up 350 yards and two and a half touchdowns per game over the last four games. That's their average. You know, Tannehill may not do that, but he's only owned in 21% of Yahoo leagues right now. He's gettable, and he's fucking startable. Same, I'm not going to leave this game for this segment, just so you know. I love this game for fantasy football this week. My tight end streamer this week is Cameron Brait. I know he's not O.J. Howard, but O.J. Howard hasn't done a goddamn thing. He's on the field a lot. But Cameron Breit, 7% on in Yahoo. Look, he scored a touchdown in two of the their last three games. He leads Tampa Bay tight ends in red zone targets. Got more than Howard. So will he get a touchdown? It's possible. You know, I think I think that obviously the Bucks are gonna um struggle a little bit against this defense. The Titans defense is pretty good. Not great against tight ends, though. Add to that, O.J. Howard is not even going to be playing in this fucking game, so he gets all the looks, does great. Has a real quick bonus for you, Delaney Walker is out in the exact same game. John O. Smith came in last week and was serviceable 3 of 3. What was it, 60 yards? I'm not sure, but maybe either one of these guys could be a streamer for you this week. I am, in fact, streaming John O. Smith in one of my leagues. Not a lot of options there. Camera break might get your touch on it. Again, that's what you want in a streaming tight end. At the defense, I'm going to take that defense on the other side of that same game, the Tennessee Titans. Jesus Christ. Look, the Bucks are are, are bad. Maybe TB stands for turn the ball over. No, that's bad. That's way as bad. Sorry, guys. Um, but that's what they are, right? They turn the ball over a lot. The Bucks lead the league right now with 35 turnovers on offense that's most. They also lead the league with 19% of their offensive drives ending in a turnover. They get the ball a lot, they turn it over a lot. Almost one out of every 5 drive they're turning the fucking ball over. Fumble, interception, something. Tennessee can certainly get their fair share of that turnover score your points on defense. Will the Bucks put points up on the board? Maybe. Always a chance, maybe. But that's not, that doesn't matter nearly as much as the turnover opportunity that you get. So pull Tennessee off of your waivers. Right now, I think I, 28%, 33%, somewhere in there owned on Yahoo. Run them out against the Bucks, man. All right. Let's get off of that game for just a minute and uh, talk dailies because... I may or may not have won last week in our Daily Deep Throat, but I certainly beat all the other fuckers here in the studio today. Daily Deep Throat. Remember two things whenever I give you Daily Deep deep Throat advice. Number one, I'm talking FanDuel. We play on FanDuel, so uh, I'm all about that FanDuel love. Number two, all I ever promise you is a 50-50 win. Okay, I'm not going to give I'm not likely going to give you GPP money because um yeah, I don't spend nearly as much time digging in as Bullfrog does on the dailies, but I can pretty much guarantee if you take my advice, you're going to win a 50-50. You're going to you're going to make a little bit of money. You won't get rich, but you won't go broke. At the quarterback position, there's three guys that I like at various price points. I'll give them to you. Russell Wilson, obviously. My stud of the week at quarterback. He's $8,600. He's the number one quarterback. Most expensive quarterback in FanDuel right now. So if you want to spend your money there, I think it's a safe play. Generally, I like to save my money at the quarterback position. You can get cheaper guys that have big days. you got to play the matchups. A couple cheaper guys I like. Teddy Bridgewater this week versus Arizona defense. Swiss cheese defense in Arizona. $7,500 there, so save yourself a grand. Or Josh Allen playing against the Philadelphia Eagles. We say it week in and week out, the Eagles' pass defense is very bad. And Josh Allen has been really quite good, not only for fantasy football, but in the NFL for his team. $7,700 there for Allen. Pick one of those guys I trend toward the cheaper quarterbacks on any given typical week, but Wilson's real juicy this week. Let's go running backs here. Again, my stud of the week at the position. It's James Conner, $7,000, so he's not near the top. He's not even in the top five most expensive, but that Miami defense is tempting. You can take Todd Gurley here. He has been on the field a lot, doing a lot of work, a lot more than he was early on, a lot more than people might have expected. Lately gets to play against the worst run defense in the league, that's the Cincinnati Bengals. $7,400 to pick up Todd Gurley. You know, anytime. If you can get Todd Gurley playing like Todd Gurley, and you're not spending eight grand to do it, eighty five hundred to do it, it's hard not to, especially in a week like this against Cincinnati. I know I said Melvin Gordon was a great play earlier as your at your flex position, but I am recommending here Austin Eckler is somebody you might consider putting into your lineup against the Chicago Bears backs coming out of the backfield. Historically and historically, I mean, over the past couple of years with Nagy have been okay against this team. There are some holes to be had there. It's only 6800 bucks, so you can save some money on Eckler. Eckler has been still on the field quite a lot. So if Melvin Gordon still is struggling, Eckler will be out there. I'm not as scared of the Bears' defense as I used to be when it comes to running backs. Lastly, if you want to go real cheap, now my guess is this guy will be played all over the goddamn place. That's Ty Johnson playing against the New York Giants. $5,500, I think, I think five grand is as cheap as it gets. So your bargain basement here, but he's likely to get the first team looks most of the time. He'll have the most opportunity. Will McKissick steal some of his stuff? Yeah, maybe, but probably not down by the goal line. The Giants are bad. The Giants are bad on defense. So you can run him out there. Expect everybody you're playing against to run him out there as well. It's a deal that you just can't pass up. At the wide receiver position, I like Tyler Lockett this week against some same Atlanta Falcons. If you're running Wilson out there for 7200 bucks, you can get Lockett and and uh and put that stack on the field. That's not terribly expensive. Lockett's been hit or miss this year, but I think against the Falcons you you might as well run him out there great stack. Now in that same Detroit Lions New York Giants game. I'm going to tell you that uh, Kenny Galladay is a better play than Marvin Jones. I know Jones had four touchdowns or whatever stupid number he had last week. But I like Galladay against that soft defense. $6,700 to get him. Been more consistent over the course of this season. I just think he's a better player. I don't really like Marvin Jones. I think I said it on the first or second episode I've ever done. And I'm going to stick by it. At $6,300. How about MVS? For Aaron Rodgers, playing in Kansas City. Look, the Packers tried with uh, the Lizard King and a bunch of other no-names, and it didn't work out. Aaron Rodgers says, hey, Scantling, put your fucking helmet on. Come out on the field. And throws 120 yards and two passes, including a touchdown. I mean, clearly, clearly, he likes this kid. He's healthy. He's on the field. Uh, Play him. $6,300 is nothing. You want to go cheaper than that? Fine. John Brown is an incredible play this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. John Brown is a very good wide receiver. He is a legit fantasy wide receiver. If you're going Josh Allen, here's your fucking stack. $5,900 to put John Brown out there. Stop underestimating John Brown, people. Stop underestimating the Bills. Stop underestimating Josh Allen and his passing prowess. Lastly, and cheapest, you've heard me say the name already. It's A.J. Brown. $5,500 for an A.J. Brown seems like you're absolutely robbing somebody. Do it. At the tight end position, I like Hunter Henry this week against those Chicago Bears. $6,700. He's been great over the last couple of weeks. Nothing short of great. Over the last couple of weeks why would that stop I don't know put him on the field I like Austin Hooper he's been great all goddamn year playing against Seattle this week 6600 bucks if you want him go ahead and scoop him lastly if you really want to dig deep if you just don't want to pay any money at all look to Houston and Darren Fells Oakland's bad against the tight end guys bad against the tight end I can't tell you how much he costs right now because my notes say it costs 29 bucks, and I know that's not right. But he's cheap as fuck. Defense is, look, you can pick New England if you want to against Cleveland, but there is a chance Cleveland does something and I'm just so nervous that maybe this is the week that they finally do it. Jarvis Landry pretty much guaranteed them a victory and who knows, maybe he was right. I avoid them. I like Indianapolis this week playing against Denver. They lost a big weapon in Emmanuel Sanders this week. I know Cortland Sutton's been the guy, but Sanders has been helpful. So Indianapolis, passable defense playing against a bad offense minus one of their pieces, one of their veterans for 4800 bucks, Go ahead. Or save another 100 bucks. You could pick the Pittsburgh Steelers defense playing against the Miami Dolphins because every week you can pick the player playing against the fucking Miami Dolphins. So do that. All right. That is that. Who you got? So this is our Survivor Pick'em Picks of the Week. Uh, We do a three-strike league, and in this segment, we'd like to tell you who we've picked. Well, I've gotten my three strikes already. I'm out. And the boys have stopped even telling me who they're picking assholes. So I have no idea who they're picking. I'll give you my picks. If you haven't taken Buffalo yet, uh, I think Buffalo against Philadelphia is a great pick this week. If you haven't taken Seattle yet, I think they're a great pick against those Atlanta Falcons. Uh I'll stop there. I'm bad at this. Obviously Pittsburgh's going to win. I think Indianapolis is going to win. So there's some obvious ones, you know, the easiest advice here is always Get on Vegas odds, look up the Vegas odds, find the spreads. Best to pick home teams if you can. Best to pick home teams in low scoring games if you can. But, uh, you don't want my advice on this anyway. All right. So we're done with the show. I told you to be quick. Lesson of the day is simple. Get vaccinated, you fucking retards. Spread the word to end the word. Yeah. That's, oh, you know what? Better yet, let me, let me revise that lesson of the day. If you're questioning whether vaccinations are for you, uh, don't. Instead, what you do you should do is you should go find somebody who's got some weird-looking scabs and scars and hives and shit on their face, walk right up to that stranger, and uh, lick their wounds. You don't need the vaccinations. We don't need you. So, uh, go contract something deadly and fuck off. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com.